Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, prophecy teacher Tom Hughes will present his case for America's coming judgment. In November, Southwest Radio Ministries conducted our second annual prophecy conference at Sunrise Bible Church in Henderson, Nevada. One of the speakers was nationally known teacher and speaker Tom Hughes. Today, we have a portion of Tom's presentation for you on the topic of America's coming judgment. First reason for Bible prophecy is it shows that only God can be trusted. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, Peter writes, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, uh, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I look at this and I think, you know, in, in a sense, all the Bible is prophetic. Because really the word prophecy in the biblical sense, it means forth telling the truth of the word of God. Now, in, in some circles, it's often just brought into a predictive sense. But Bible prophecy, this is how this works out for me. For me to understand Bible prophecy and know prophecy, all I got to do is open up the Bible. I don't have to have dreams. I don't have to have visions. I don't have to have any of those things. I'm not here to talk about those things. But the Bible tells us what we need to know. And here Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, that we have the more sure word of prophecy as a light that shines in a dark place. And I think you'll agree with me that we live in a very dark world. And we have the bright light of God's word that, as the psalmist said in Psalm 119, is a light that shines on our path. So we can open it, we can see it, we can go, aha, I get it. I'm going to be okay because I know that only God can be trusted. And if I read the signs and interpret them according to the Bible itself, it's going to be all right. When I see all of the crazy stuff going on, which we'll look at some in a few minutes. Man, if you don't know the Lord, I, I mean, no, no wonder why people are so messed up. But if you know the Bible, you know the Lord, and you know the Bible, and you know Bible prophecy, you can say, man, it's going to be okay. Okay, check this out. This is a church that's near our house. I took this video. I was driving down the street, and I saw it coming this way, and I was going back. And I saw this sign I'm going to show you in a minute. And, you know, they claim to be Christians. They have a Christian name. It's anything but Christian, trust me. They're inviting people to this so-called Christian, it's not Christian, but they have Christian in their name, to their church. They've got, a, they've got a rainbow bookstore they advertise for and all these different things. So these things are in the church as a whole. Believe it or not, I'm sure some of you are paying attention. The majority of churches in America, Christian in name, disdain what we're talking about here. Which is really interesting, but in that they fulfill Bible prophecy. Second Peter uh, chapter 3, in the last days scoffers will come, 
walking according to their lusts, saying, where's the promise of his coming? Our fathers talked about this stuff. What's that? That's a, that infers that it is people who grew up in the church. Our fathers used to tell us Jesus was coming. That's exactly what Peter is saying. We used to hear about it at Sunday school. Uh, there's a church in Temecula, California, where the lead pastor, it's a huge church, probably 10,000 people, just entered into a government contract to build for something like $50 million a new portion of their school. In it, they had to agree with the government not to talk about Jesus within that. that right? So, so this is, I could tell you all kinds of things. It's a huge church. And the lead pastor used to be, uh, he grew up going to the church that Tim LaHaye was at, and then David Jeremiah, right? So he got Bible prophecy. He hates it. Uh, pushes back against it. Full-on woke church, right? So that's Second Peter chapter 3. Walking according to their lusts. What do you mean Jesus is coming? Our fathers used to tell us that. Walking according to their lusts is key. People want to do, they want to fill up their own desires with whatever it is. And that's the world that we live in. And really, I mean, I, you aren't going to be able to trust the psychic. I did see in downtown Vegas yesterday that you can go to all kinds of psychics down there. But in small towns, you can too. And people gravitate toward this stuff. Okay. It shows, Bible prophecy shows that only God can be trusted. Uh, number two, it proves that the Bible is God's word. The fact is that the Bible is the only book ever written that contains genuine, fulfilled prophecies. Uh, prophecies regarding ancient nations, things that have been fulfilled in history. I mean, you have prophecies about the Roman Empire. You have prophecies about the Greek Empire. You can go prior to Daniel. Uh, you can look at other uh, of the, uh, the prophets, minor and major prophets, but you can go further than that. You can go back earlier in the Bible, and you can find prophecies uh, about other territories and other nations. Seeing them already fulfilled. We have the prophecies regarding Jesus Christ in his first coming that have been fulfilled. Uh, when I think of that, I think it's David Reagan who says there's 105 prophecies regarding the first coming of Jesus Christ that have been fulfilled. Every single prophecy about Jesus in his first coming has been fulfilled. Uh, some scholars will say, well, there's over 300 prophecies of the first coming of Christ. What Reagan says, says is, well, some of those are duplicated. So he takes it to a conservative number. It's 105 or 106. Some are right in there. Every single one of those prophecies were fulfilled. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. He'd be called out of Egypt. He'd be from the Galilee area, a.k.a. Nazareth. All these different things. Every single one of them were fulfilled. How much he'd be betrayed for. Uh, he'd be crucified. All these different things. There are, Tim LaHaye used to say, five times as many Bible uh, prophecies regarding the second coming of, his, of Christ as his first coming. That's a lot. That would put us well over 500 prophecies. I think it's Joel Rosenberg who says there's over eight times as many prophecies of the second coming of Christ as his first coming. That would put us at over 800. Why would we have so many prophecies? I like what Tim LaHaye used to say, and I, I wholeheartedly believe it, because God knew that when we get closer and closer to the age, you and I were going to need to be eight times as sure that all of these prophetic things were true. I sat down one day several months ago, and I had about 10 minutes to spare. 
I started typing out Bible prophecies. And so I was just, I don't know, let me just type some out. And I typed out a lot. And then since then, I just started adding to it when, when something comes into my mind. I'm not going to read them all. On this list, currently, I have 99. I thought of another one last night. I forgot to write it down. And now I can't remember what it is. But you know, the, they, they pop into my mind. Go, I got to write that down, right? But here's just a few. Apart from restored Israel and uh, Israel gathered in unbelief and so forth. Uh, another one is the organized church will turn away from the faith. Church people will mock those that believe in Bible prophecy. There'll be rise in anti-Semitism. I'm not going to read them all, I promise. Uh, unbelievers will not understand the signs of the times, but genuine believers will understand the signs. Uh, that's uh, Daniel chapter 12, uh, where Daniel is told by the angel, listen, Daniel, uh, at that time of the end, the wicked will see it and they will not understand, but the wise will see it. They will understand. In other words, the wicked and the wise are both going to know something's wrong in the world. But the wicked are going to look, they're going to go, I don't, you know, you guys are full of conspiracy theories, right? But the wise will see it. They're going to go, aha, I would guess that there's several of you in the last three years, the light went on and you went, man, I never would have believed this Bible stuff before, but now I see it and it's true. I mean, Bill Maher, that atheist on TV, that guy's waking up to the truth. He's actually anti-woke, which is really weird. But you're watching this. And we're seeing churched people becoming very hard towards this. And we're seeing people who are atheists, unchurched. They're going, wow, there's something here. It's a light shining in this dark world. Jerusalem would be owned by the Jews, but the Gentiles will trample it. The world will look for one leader of a new global system. I mean, are they? Oh, yeah, they are. Everybody will have an identification mark or they'll not be able to buy or sell or function in this world. The world will be characterized by lawlessness, lack of genuine love, violence. The world will be characterized by people being offended because of the name of Jesus. Right? Jesus said that himself in Matthew 24. Many will be offended because of me. How many people are offended? I mean, it's like you say anything. And you, you offend like 90% of the world, it seems. They're just so offended. How could you call me a, a, a girl when I'm a, a, a boy? Well, you are a girl. Well, I want to be a boy. So you, then they want to sue you. Listen, it's, it's a sad thing. Because a kid, what's happening with kids right now is they're being lied to by adults. They're being lied to by judges. They're being lied to by doctors. I'm not saying all judges, all doctors, all politicians are bad. But they're being lied to by teachers, by school boards, and they're being manipulated. The devil wants them. And we need to be praying for them. But man, they're, I mean, some people actually think they're cats. They think they're dogs. Just horrible things. Yeah. Psalm 102. I was reading my Bible one day and I go, how did I, I miss that? Well, because it didn't make sense until recently. Psalm 102, right? It says this. I'll read uh, starting at verse 12. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. For your servants take pleasures in her stones and show favor to her dust. In other words, delight in the dirt. That's interesting. Your servants take pleasure in their stones and delight in the dirt, show favor in their dust. 
So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion and he shall appear in his glory. All right. It's this. They're going to, what's that again? Take pleasure in her stones, favor in her dirt. This is the temple sifting project. All right. I was just in Israel. I just came back Saturday and I was there in April. I was just there again. One of the visits, we went to the Temple, Temple Mount Sifting Project. Uh, not to be confused with Temple Mount Institute. They're two separate things. But how the Temple Sifting Project got started was, was this. Uh, back in 1999, the Palestinian Authority decided to change some things underneath the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And they started digging, and they extracted 9,000 tons of dirt and they did it like at night. They did it trying to go undercover so the Israelis wouldn't know about it. How do you get rid of 9,000 tons of dirt without them knowing about it? It wasn't easy. But they almost managed to get away with it. But there were two gentlemen that noticed that they were taking the dirt out and they were dumping the dirt in the Kidron Valley. And what they did is they said, hey, in all of that dirt, there's going to be a whole bunch of Jewish artifacts. And there is, and it's truly amazing. And what they started, they were able to get that dirt and start to sift through it. And that's what they've been doing. They're still doing it. 9,000 tons of dirt sifting through it, finding coins, all kinds of artifacts uh, that point to the era of the Jewish kingdom in Israel, even before the Romans came along. A truly an amazing thing. In fact, there is a jewelry store. I'm not saying go there and buy jewelry. I'm not advocating spending money, although my wife did. But, um, <laughs> but it's there in the Jewish quarter by the great synagogue. I think it's called Mariah or something like that. They take some of the precious metals and other things that they get in the sifting project that they aren't turning over to the museum, and they turn them into jewelry and it the funds their sifting. But it's just the most amazing thing. And everywhere you go in Israel, it's absolutely incredible. There's more and more archaeology, uh, more and more discoveries. When coronavirus came, Israel shut down, but their digging didn't. And I look at Psalm 102 and I think, wow, they take pleasure in her stones. The day is coming when they will take pleasure in her stones and delight in her dirt. And you see that and you go, this is just crazy how accurate God's word is when you see all these different uh, prophecies being fulfilled. Um, the lamb will be prepared for crops for the Jews to come home. Ezekiel chapter 36. Uh, again, when I was there, I, I loved it just talking with the, the group, uh, being prepared, the, the hills being prepared for the people to come back home to live on them. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, everywhere you go, you see crops. It's like I was there in April, I saw a lot, and I was there now, and I saw even more. There's another prophecy. You see it in both Ezekiel 39 and also in Revelation 19, where the birds of the air are going to gather together to eat the flesh of those who die in the battle. It's a great cleanup. Revelation 19 is the cleanup before the millennial kingdom begins. Somebody's got to clean up that mess. I'm not going to get into that battle. Well, God calls the birds of the prey to do that. So we went and visited the Hula Valley, which, and it's a bird sanctuary is what it's become. So in, the Jews started 
uh, taking the land back, officially in 1948, but even pre that, they started drying up the swamp land with eucalyptus trees and so forth. But to make a, 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 a conservation area, uh, because it was a lot of swamp land, they, they had this reserve in the Hula Valley. And so you see the swamp land there and everything. Well, it's become this, since 1940, whatever it is, it's pre-48, but since then, uh, this area has become this preserve for birds, where the birds nest, the birds have kids. And you think, this is interesting. Because God says, I'm going to bring the birds there. And they're already there. And you, you look at this, and you go, you can't make this stuff up. And then uh, David Tal, who's a good uh, Israeli friend of mine, he was our guide. He said, there's 250 million birds that go this way through the Jezreel Valley, a.k.a. Armageddon, and 250 million that go that way every single year. It's the, it's the center point for bird migration. And you think, and now he has a, a, the, this place where birds have babies right there. <laughs> think, uh, for me, I don't know, it's just kind of wild. I, I get excited about a, a lot of things. God says, I'll put watchers on your walls. Um, by the way, there's video cameras everywhere in the old city of Jerusalem. <laughs> not, just, not just Bible watchers, literally watchers on the walls, video cameras. Isn't that crazy? Also, when we were there, I think it was last Thursday, um, we were walking around the Jewish quarter. This is the Western Wall. I'll talk about this in a second. We're walking around the Jewish quarter, and it, in front of the great synagogue, there's a big gold menorah, and all these kids are just playing on the steps. Little kids, right? You can't do that in California. I don't know if you can do that in Vegas, let your kids run wild in the streets. You, you certainly can't do it where I come from. But the prophecy from Zechariah says that the little children are going to play in the streets when they're gathered back home again. They're playing all over in the Jewish quarter in front of the great synagogue. And then we're walking over to the area of Caiaphas' house. And this group of school kids comes along, probably about 30 kids led by their teacher, little kids, eight, nine years old. They're just singing and jumping up and down. I don't know all the words they were saying, uh, but they were definitely saying shalom and some other words in Hebrew, just full of joy. So my wife got the video and uh, they're all shouting and the teacher's with them. They, they, it, it was so cool to see. And then you have this, all these kids at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, you think, man, this is so cool. And you see the quote from Zechariah here. And the streets of the city of Jerusalem will be filled with boys and girls playing in its streets. Uh, just, I mean, it's, it's prophecy after prophecy that we see coming together. I don't believe they're going to ultimately have their fulfillment until um, the tribulation period and then ultimately in the millennial kingdom. But we're watching everything converge right now as God is preparing everything. All right. Bible prophecy expresses God's sovereignty. God is in complete control whether or not uh, we believe it, whether or not we, we receive it. Uh, Jan Markell said, I, I was with her at a conference last February. She has commented that somebody is complaining as a prophecy person about how bad everything was. And she said, well, what did you expect the last days to look like? <laughs> right? I mean, the Bible tells us. Hence, the proper ability to be able to read the signs properly, right? I know what the manual actually uh, says, but everything is happening just like God said. And we're watching, what we're watching is this powerful system of the beast uh, being developed. Uh, let me read just a couple of quotes to you. This is from A.C. Wells. In 1936, he forecast the coming of a world brain. 
He envisioned something that we would compare to the internet with AI. He also believed that in the future, every person would have an identity number and the world brain would know all the basic facts about each individual. So what we actually see developing right now from, you know, you've all know Harari, any of you heard of him? Bill Gates, uh, Klaus Schwab, these people, I believe H.G. Wells set the direction for them to go. I mean, when you read what they're doing, it's like they've got his manual out from his books that he wrote and said, okay, we're going to do this. H.G. Wells said a special squad of elites would solve all the problems. He believed that it needed to be solved smart, emotionally uninvolved. In other words, we don't care how many billions of people die, right? That's, we're going to solve everything. Scientifically minded people can solve everything if given the authority to do it. He believed that most problems have only one solution and that without motion, uh, emotional entanglements, the elites would quickly see it. The elites would have full access to the world brain's population database knowing the whereabouts and basic data on every person in the world at all times. You look at that, okay, and we know it. The Bible told us this way, way, way before H.G. Wells put it into book format. So these globalists are not following the Bible's format. They're following someone like H.G. Wells and the devil, but the Bible told us this is what these people are going to do so we can understand how things are going. People considered plain or dull or stupid would either be exterminated or sent away to an abandoned island. Think of, um, what was that term Hillary Clinton used for? Deplorable. Deplorables, right? That's basically, put that, people considered deplorables. I mean, put that in there. He also believed that, the, get this, the elites would take on the job of rewiring the human mind. What a quinky dink. In the New World Order, his book, he said, countless people will hate the New World Order and will die protesting against it. Yes, they will. George Orwell, countering H.G. Wells, wrote what is called a dystopian novel, 1984, and he said this, during the times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. I mean, we can already see where we're going right now. You are censored if you tell the truth about what is really going on. Bible prophecy expresses God's sovereignty. Be strong in the Lord. The Bible tells us it's going to go this way, okay? Uh, number four, Bible prophecy demonstrates God's love. David Reagan wrote the skeptics of Bible prophecy misconstrue its prophecies as being too general or too vague or too big. But if you take a closer look, God provides many specific details about his plan for the ages. The plan shows how God is working to bring humanity back into a right relationship with him so that one day we shall dwell in a blessed time of peace, righteousness, and fellowship with our creator. Bible prophecy can be very specific and very purposeful for God explains how his plan will unfold through his prophetic word. Uh, Todd Hampson writes, Bible prophecy demonstrates that God loves us, and that he has a plan for our lives. We're not just floating around on a big spinning orb out in the outer space with no purpose and no meaning. As atheists claim, God has crafted a purpose for every person. 
he has ever made because he loves his children. God has also planned a destination for the faithful. He wants us to live for him in heaven and on the new earth forever. Uh, and so he gives us prophecy to show how world history will end with the faithful living forever with our loving heavenly father in the eternal state. Listen, praise God. Listen, I can tell you one reason why you and I get so much pushback against Bible prophecy is because the devil hates it. You want to know why? Because it does tell us about God's love and our future home. And the other thing that it does, it gives us uh, the retirement plan that God has for the devil. And he doesn't like that retirement plan. And he doesn't want people to know about it. He wants people to think he is king. Hence, he's going to attempt to usurp the authority of Jesus, sit in the temple, demand to be worshipped as God, and attempt to take out Jesus. It ain't going to work. Number five, it reveals God's plan so we don't need to be afraid. Don't need to be afraid. This is from, I think this is about four or five weeks ago. Some of you probably saw it. Uh, this is playing with fire. It could spark a lab-generated pandemic. Experts slam Boston Lab where scientists have created a new deadly Omicron strain with an 80% kill rate in mice. Well, isn't that rather sweet? I mean, they, they tell us, how, how could you talk about these kind of things? You guys are all bad. Well, you guys, look at what you guys are doing. They're going to create this. But I look at all of these things just feeding into Revelation chapter 6, the pale horse, the pestilences, and so forth. So we hear these things, and we don't need to be afraid, right? What did Jesus say in, in Luke chapter 21? And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Uh, men's hearts will be afraid, whether it be from the thought of asteroids hitting the earth or more pandemics. I can promise you, because of what Jesus said, uh, there will be more pandemics, and they're going to be far worse than anything we've seen. He said there's going to be an, an increase in earthquakes, earthquakes in various places, pestilence is plural, and these will increase like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. But don't be afraid. Because he told us this. He warned us ahead of time. So we would know. So we would understand. But then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near. Amen. We've been listening to a portion of Tom Hughes' presentation, America's Coming Judgment, first delivered last November at the Southwest Radio Ministry's second annual prophecy conference in Henderson, Nevada. To see and hear the entire presentation and the entire two-day conference, make sure you order the DVD set by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Also make sure to order Tom Hughes' book entitled America's Coming Judgment. 
These resources are all available at our website, swrc.com, or by calling 1-800-652-1144. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you.